Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. I am Reese. And I am David. And he is my dad. And we're just going to go ahead and jump in with a lighthearted question of the day. Here it is. Padre. Yes. If you could do something dangerous just once with no risk, what would it be? Um, with no risk, what would I do? I would probably, and I may still do this even with the risk, uh, skydiving just looks fun. Mm. But what I would love to do is do that like really ultra high. Oh, yeah. Where you have to have like a mask, an oxygen mask and all that and go for like a long time. That looks, and maybe I've just seen it in movies and I think it's cool, but it does look cool. Um, that's what I would do. I would do the ultra high, you know, oxygen mask, go down. That would be the thing that I would like to do. You would have to uh, open a Mountain Dew on your way down <laughs> and let the Mountain Dew, you know, go in your mouth as you're just filming yeah. like an extreme sports commercial for yep. it. Extreme sports. I'd hold it away from my mouth and it would go straight in my mouth. I'd drink it. And, You'd yeah. be like the granny from Hoodwinked. Yeah. Would, oh, yeah. I would be granny. She is my favorite. Oh. Yeah. Gosh, I need to watch Hoodwinked again. I was about to say, for anyone who has not watched the movie Hoodwinked out there, the animation, it does look early 2000s. It's not that great. However, the plot line, the writing, the the story, the humor is all top notch. It's it's one of the funniest movies probably out there for me. It's it's so well written. And then the voices, the people who do the voices. Yeah are just the best. And so, yeah, it's, gosh, I need to watch it again. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. For me, what I would probably do, I would really like to go scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. For And there's two reasons I would do it if there's no risk involved. One, scuba diving itself can be dangerous. Yes, it can. You know, for a myriad of reasons. So it'd be cool to be able to be underwater, breathing, swimming next to all this stuff. Uh, the second thing I really like about it is the Great Barrier Reef is beautiful. Yeah. And the third reason I'd do it because there's no danger is everything in Australia can kill you. <laughs> For some, True. I don't know. I guess God wanted to concentrate all of the the dangerous stuff in yeah. one island. That's so true. But everything in Australia from like fish to spiders to like just random stuff can kill you yeah and so if i could guarantee get in there and out alive with no danger yeah go up and oh look at this sea urchin oh don't touch that it can kill you oh okay yeah yeah if you if you touch water it murders you here i know it's the most toxic water in the world believe it or not breathing for more than five (laughs) minutes the air in australia kills most people yeah yeah i could see that so, yeah, that's that's probably what I would do. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. We'd both film commercials. Yeah, we would be. At Mountain Dew, if you want to sponsor us, just contact us. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into the topic of the day, which is why you should cook. Yes. There's a bunch of reasons, but let's start with the most practical. Uh, I mean, we're here in the holidays. Mm-hmm. Everybody's eating a bunch. Everybody's spending money on gifts and on hosting 
And so I think one of the first areas where cooking really gives us a benefit is the financial aspect of life. It is. And it's one thing I think a lot of people today forget um, why people do cook for themselves. Mm. And one of the reasons is it's just cheaper. It is. Because when you're when you're buying a meal at a restaurant or wherever, I mean, you're paying for their time, mm-hmm. which is fine. But if you want to budget your money, if you mm-hmm. want to maybe, and not just budget, but let's say you don't need a budget. Maybe you make plenty of money. Mm-hmm. But you... You want to be a good steward of your money and say, okay, mm-hmm. I want my money to be at important stuff. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we don't realize how much we're spending by eating out. Yeah, and it stacks up. Yeah, because by the time you eat out, you say, well, I'm just going to get a pizza delivered. Well, you know, pizza, not not what it used to be price-wise. Right. And then, of course, delivery, you got to do the tip. You got to do this. You got to do that. Then if you want to add extra cheese or whatever, I mean, next thing you know... You know, it's 30 bucks for a pizza. Right. Um, so it's really easy to kind of get it out of control. Um, so I, th- I think yeah. budgeting is just one of the things that when you cook for yourself, you plan out what you're going to spend on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a smart way to do it. Yeah. I think another big benefit financially for making your own meal is when you make a meal, you usually get a lot more portions out of it. Mm-hmm. You usually get a lot more meals out of what you cooked. Yeah. So like most recipes out there, whether if you just look up a random recipe for something, is made for four people. Yeah. So let's say you're like, "Oh, well I'm single. I have no reason to make, to get four portions. I'm just going to go eat out." Well, you could spend the same amount of money as it would take to eat out and get four meals out of it. It's true. So like you could go to Chick-fil-A and drop 12 to 15 bucks on yeah. getting a combo with a shake. Or you could go and make a meal that can feed you four times. Yeah, and, and really at least four times. I mean, depending on what you buy and all this. Right. I mean, you know, like rice goes forever and stuff True. like that. And I've had to learn to cook uh, living by myself. Okay, I'm the only one. So what do I do? Yeah. Well, I've also bought meals that freeze well. Mm. As far as bought, you know, I make a meal that, okay, I'm going to freeze this. And that's one of the best things. Because yeah. then on the nights you don't feel like cooking, you just go out to the freezer. That's what, <laughs> true. I mean, when I make red beans and rice, I usually make a giant thing of it. Mm-hmm. And it's still not that expensive. Yeah. Because um, rice is dirt cheap. Yeah. And then, you know, the red beans and then the, the sausage. So I can get eight, nine meals out of one thing. Yeah. I eat one. Mm-hmm. Have another one in a couple of days, and I can freeze all the rest. Yeah, and that just comes out way better. And plus, on those nights you don't feel like cooking, you can have a home cooked meal yourself. Yeah. It's true, and and it in the long term, I think is really where it it hooks you up. Because mm-hmm. like when you, if you go to the grocery store at the beginning of the week, you've planned your meals, you go shopping, you're like, oh my gosh, this was a hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, this is a terrible deal. Yeah. Well, if you went to go eat out just two meals a day, yeah, you're going to spend way more than that. You will. And by going to the store and spending that 150 bucks, you're going to be getting three meals a day. Yeah. And it's going to be what you actually want and have planned. Well, and a lot of times what you buy are staples that at first maybe are a little high. Right. You know, if you buy a couple pounds of rice, mm-hmm. but you're going to have rice for 
a month, right? two months, depending on how big a thing you buy. Yeah. And just on a practical side, uh, eventually, if you eat out enough, you get tired of it. You do. I don't, I've never met anybody that eats out and never gets tired of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people get in a phase where they're like, oh, I'm just not in the mood for anything. Yeah. And you don't have to run into that if you cook. Because yeah. you get to plan stuff ahead and you don't get tired of it. And then, at least for us, like eating out becomes something special. It does. Like if you go out to eat once a week, twice a month or whatever, well, now it's like, oh my gosh, we're going to Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Wow. This yeah. is so cool. It doesn't, yeah, it, it's not, you don't get cynical about eating out and you're like, oh, yeah. I don't want anything. Or you have that conversation with people. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. I don't know. Where do you want to eat? <laughs> I don't know. It's the worst. Okay. So, so money... I think we've made a good case for that, but I think another huge area would be health. Why don't you give us a kind of an idea of how it's a lot more beneficial for your long-term health to cook? Yeah, it's it's better because for a couple different reasons. One, when you eat out, you have a tendency to eat more. Mm. And if you look, restaurants today serve these huge portions. Right. And I don't know why, but most of us, we feel this, well, I'm going to eat what they gave me. Right. And you eat a bunch and and you say, well, okay, I'm not going to eat it all, but I can't take it with me because maybe you're going somewhere else afterwards or whatever. Then you're like, well, I don't want to waste it. Right. And and so then it becomes this thing where we eat much larger quantities. And I think we kind of train ourselves that, oh, I need a pasta bowl that weighs 20 pounds. Right. You know, I need that. And, and so that's not good for us health-wise. And I think what it is is when we plan our menu, we plan out what we're going to eat mm. so we know what's in the food. You know, yeah. We know how much we're eating. We know what kind of quality food it is. I mean, you, yeah. you're going to eat a good quality where you don't know, mm-hmm. depending on where, especially if you go fast food. Um, so I just think it works better for you. You know what's in your food. Mm-hmm. And now you still have to make the choice what goes in there. Right. But even if you make a meal that is a little, you know, maybe it has a little more sugar than normal or whatever, you're still most of the time not going to catch up to restaurants. It's true. Because restaurants want you to love their food. Mm -hmm. So they're going to really put all the good stuff in it. And Mm -hmm. it'll taste great. But compared to what you're making at home... You know, theirs is usually much higher calorie, mm-hmm. much higher fat count, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that's just the way it is. That's why eating out should be something that's special, and not all the time. Yeah, and a lot of times, especially with fast food, it's not worth it. No. It's not worth the calories. A lot of times, like you have a meal, like let's say you go to McDonald's, and you get your combo, you get your, you know. <laughs> Uh, your quarter pounder mm-hmm. with fries and a McFlurry. Yeah. You know, just the quarter pounder with fries is twelve to 1,400 calories. It is. And it's not that good. Yeah. Like, it's not that good. It's not. Now, I'm, you know, some people may like it, and that's cool for you, but I think we can all agree that it's not worth, like, three-fourths of your daily calorie intake just for that burger and fries. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. And so... Um, I know Jeff Cavalier, a guy who's a really big fitness and health instructor, he recommends if you're going to do a cheat meal to cook it Mm -hmm. because he's like, you're going to know exactly what's going in it. Even if you choose higher calories, higher everything. And he's like, it's just the best way to go because if you go eat out, you really don't know. All you know is what they tell you. And some places don't even tell you. They're just like, here it is. 
and uh, it can it can cause issues. Yeah, and plus it helps you if you're planning. Like one thing your mom did all the time that was really good was she would plan meals to where okay on Monday night we're eating this. Yep, and we're gonna get two meals out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's a meal for four. She makes it for eight. Yep. So you can eat all of it. You you have to portion it out. And it was mm-hmm. a smart thing because it kept us from just pigging out. Right. You know, she served us our plate. We kept half of it for the next meal. Yep. We ate half. That's it. And if you do that with your meals and you say, okay, I'm going to make this and it's going to make, like you said, four meals. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can split it into fourths. And then start eating. Yep. And then start eating. So, like, even if you're by yourself, yep. you put three portions, one for a couple of days from now, the other two go in the freezer. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to eat more mm-hmm. than you really should. Yeah. And that's a smart way to do it because if we really look at what portions are, yeah, you know, it's a key to living healthy, to weight and stuff like that is eating sensible portions and not going nuts with it. Right. And that's something that I always found interesting that was different from my home growing up and then my friends when I would go over to their houses. Mm-hmm. It was like they would just have like a pantry and a fridge and like, yeah, grab what you want. Yeah. And I was like, but what's specifically portioned out <laughs> yeah. to be snacks and what's going for recipes later this week? Because like in my house, like if you walk in and you took like an apple and you just ate it. Yeah. Well, that was the fruit that was supposed to go with your lunch tomorrow. <laughs> and now it's gone. So you know what you're going to have to do? Not have any Not fruit. Have an apple. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't get an apple for lunch tomorrow, buddy. Yeah. So like for us, we always knew like there was, there was like a specific shelf in the pantry yep, that the was snack the shelf. snack shelf. Yep. Anything else is off limits. And that saved me, man. Like the only yeah. reason that I was not a super fat kid was probably because of that. Mm-hmm. And thank you. Well, we all have a tendency to, you know, mindlessly eat. Right. You know, I'm, I'm bored. I'm watching TV. I'm doing mm-hmm. this. I'm doing that. And if you know that, then you can kind of plan ahead where I'm not going to eat as heavy a meal. Yeah. Because I want to have a snack. Yeah. And you can plan your snacks even. To where you're not just binging out on stuff Mm -hmm. and going crazy with it. It's true. And the cool thing is, like, you may say, well, yeah, it's more healthy, but I don't even know how to cook healthy. I didn't grow up in a home where we cooked healthy. Yeah. Well, there's tons of resources. Like, I know one that costs a little bit but would be worth it if you want to make the investment is emails. Mm -hmm. Uh, Y'all used to do emails back when it was through email. Well, now they have a digital version. Oh, where really? it, yeah, it gives you the recipes and you can choose if you want healthy or whatever. And you click on the recipes you want and it automatically makes a click list at Kroger for you. That's cool. So it grocery shops yeah. for you for those meals. Yeah. And so like you can do that and it'll do all the work for you. And if you're like, I don't want to spend money. There's a million websites out there yeah. you can try recipes on. You can, you can, I mean, if you put in, you know, anything you want to do like, I need to make this. There's going to be a thousand recipes, mm-hmm. places out there. Oh, yeah. Are. You could get as healthy as you want. Mm-hmm. You could say meals with 30 grams of protein and less than 600 calories. Yep. Boom. Boom. You're guaranteed you're going to get a bunch. Yeah. So it's possible. It is. So we got financially, it's good. Health wise, mm-hmm. it's also good. Yeah. What's another area you think that cooking is good for? One of the things that I enjoy about cooking a lot is the creativity of it. Mm. There's something about when you make it, Mm 
and you eat it and you share it with other people, there's just a, a really creative, I made that. And yeah. there's just something cool about that. Yeah. That, that I think there's a satisfaction that when you just buy something, mm-hmm. you don't get. You say, well, it's work. Yes, it is. It's work. And, and now you can do things to make it fun. Like mm-hmm. when I cook, I like to have music going or I'm listening to something on my earphones, a podcast or something. So I, I do that yeah. to make it fun. But you can do that thing. And then also you can, hey, I learned how to make this. Right. You know, I saw this on the Gordon Ramsay cooking show. Yeah. And I've made that, you mm-hmm. know, like his big thing is the beef Wellington. Right. Well, what if you made a beef Wellington? Mm-hmm. You say, well, it's not going to be as good as his. But it might be good enough for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. And, and, but you made this. Yeah. And when you make stuff, you begin to get where you're not as scared of the kitchen. Right. And then your creativity can flow because you can do things like you walk into your pantry and say, what have I got? And you've, you've cooked enough to where mm-hmm. you can throw stuff together. And you're like, oh, put this with this with this. That's what chefs do. Right. They cook so much, they know what goes together. Right. And a home cook can do the same thing. It just takes you doing it. And it yeah. takes the time to do it. Yeah. And I think it, it is it is a, its own way of self-expression. Mm-hmm. Because like I know like for you, there are certain desserts and certain meals that you have learned how to make that are like your signature. Yeah. Just like you have like a music artist who has their signature song. <laughs> it's true. Or like a movie person who like they they acted in this film as their big signature thing. Like it's like like for you, I know red beans and rice is one of them. Mm-hmm. I know some of your breads are one of the big things. And then a certain couple kinds of cakes yeah. are In like fact, the signatures. Um, the guy came over the other day. He he asked me, he goes, when are you making the cake again? Really? Yeah. And he was talking about the, the peanut butter chocolate cake. Oh. And, he, and that's, that's yeah. how he referred to it. When are you making the, the cake? cake? That's yeah. how he refers to it as. And that's cool because, I mean, that's something that you have done and made that has impacted somebody to the point to where it's it's part of the way they view you in a way. And it's kind of yeah. cool. Um, it is. Well, and you think people who cooked some of your favorite stuff, right? You, that's how you think of them. Yeah. And and to be able to do that, I don't know, it just, there's a neat feeling to it. You don't have to try and be a chef. Yeah. Just eat what you, you know, cook what you enjoy and other people will probably jump in and love it too. And I think that that would really be the last area that's so beneficial for cooking. Mm-hmm. Is it, it uh, I guess you would say it contributes to relationships. That's a good way to put it. It contributes yeah. so much to your relationships. Well, you have you have a meal. Like one of the things we don't do today as much is sit around a table and eat. Yeah. And I think, you know, and there have been studies about families that just eat I think two or three times a week around a table. Yeah. How much better it is for everybody in the family. Hmm. How much more connected they feel. But today with all our devices and busy schedules and all that, it's hard for families to sit down and eat together. Yeah. But when they do, it just changes everything. And yeah. and that's where a relationship comes out of food. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we look at even when Jesus was walking the earth, a lot of times... In the Bible, he's eating with people. Right. And there's just something when you're sitting around a table and eating, 
Usually you can talk about this, that, or the other. Jokes come up, people laugh, you have a good time together. Mm-hmm. And it's just, there's something positive about it that I think a lot of people have not really experienced in their life because they don't sit around a table and eat. Yeah. I think a lot of people view it as like a Hallmark movie thing. Yeah. That's what they do in Hallmark movies. Yeah, they, that's not real. They get around and laugh and eat food. But it, it is real. Just try it. Yeah. You know, start, cook something, invite some friends over, sit down and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's, you'll and, be surprised. And even the, you know, sometimes the, the, the fun stuff can happen, but also the crazy stuff or the meal yeah. that fails. Mm-hmm. That can become the topic of conversation to where, hey, do you remember that time we made the blank and you substituted salt for sugar? Yeah. And everyone's going to laugh. And, but those are memories. Yeah. Those are going to be the things that kind of hold everybody together. And that's part of what a relationship is. It's just making memories together. It is. It is. I know I've met people who food is literally like a love language. You know, it's mm-hmm. something that they do. They're hospitable and they love cooking for others. They do. And I will be happy to receive that ministry. Yeah, you love will, to go to their house. <laughs> oh, yeah. You love to spend time with those people. You do. And the cool thing is you can become that person. Yeah. Anyone can, as yeah. long as they're willing to just put their foot forward, get in the kitchen and start practicing. Well, and even if you want to build friendships or a friendship group, mm-hmm. have people over to eat together mm-hmm. and you'll see who connects. Yeah. And it might be something you could do regularly to increase the relationships. It's true. It is very true. But overall, I think cooking is just a very worthwhile investment of time. It is. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the questions for today. Uh, The first question is from one of my friends, actually. Uh, He was talking to me about this the other day, and he said this. He asked, how do I get better at having deep conversations with my friends? Uh, He wanted to know because that's something he'd like to grow in. Yeah, I, I think the way to start that is not to jump into the deep end with them. Mm. but kind of move through the shallows. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have friends that you want to go deep with, um, I think it starts with having conversations that maybe are a little deeper than what you normally have. And that's going to come back to what we talked about in the last show about questions. Yeah. Asking good questions, getting them to think. You know, like men are not known as the most deep conversationalists in the world. Mm. Um, But they really do have deep feelings and thoughts that a lot of people don't realize, Mm -hmm. you know, and if so, if I go up to a guy who maybe doesn't really talk a whole lot, but I ask about a subject he's passionate about, Mm -hmm. and then get him into a question of like, let's say, let's take trucks. You know, a lot of guys are real passionate about trucks, and they're Mm -hmm. passionate about their brand. Mm -hmm. They're either, you know, I'm a Ford guy, I'm a Chevy guy, I'm a Dodge Mm -hmm. guy, or, or whatever. So why, why do you feel that? Why do you think the Ford is better? Yeah. And you'll be amazed at how much knowledge and how much stuff comes out. Yeah. And so what you're doing with your friends when you're talking about stuff they're into, you can easily jump from that into a deeper area to where you don't just walk up to someone and tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah. Tell me what you really feel about that. Make me cry. You know, that's just weird. Nobody wants that. Yeah. But if you go up and say, hey, what's your favorite this? Why do you like that the best? Mm-hmm. What do you think is the best this, that, or the other? Well, you've gone a little deeper with them. And then you keep doing that time after time. You're going to get into the, hey, tell me about, 
you know, this area of your life? Do you ever feel like you're struggling to overcome or things like that? When you ask questions, it helps people kind of go deeper, but not even realize they're doing it. Yeah, it's true. You said something like that to me earlier today about how in a way you're helping the person really start to understand what they think and feel. Yeah. Because some people literally just don't think about it. No. And and you can begin that journey by asking those questions. And something that I, I told my friend when he asked me was practice. A mm-hmm. lot of it's practice. Human beings, I guess how I would say is we're complicated. Yeah. And the only way that you can kind of develop that sense of whether somebody's ready to go to the next level when it mm-hmm. comes to a de- the depth of their conversation, yeah, you got to read all the signals. You got to take time to be like, all right, do they look like they're into this or do they look uncomfortable? You yeah. know, you got to, that only comes by doing it. You it know, does. you can't read a book and it teach you that. Uh, yeah. A lot of it comes through doing it. And so it's a worthwhile pursuit, I promise, because you'll be surprised at how much people know and you'll be surprised at the wisdom a lot of people have. I'm, I'm yeah. convinced everybody has something I can learn from them. And that's the thing is, is if you go into it with the curiosity, mm. like we talked about last yeah. thing, like, like you said earlier, a lot of times people don't know yeah. what they know. They don't think yeah. it's a big deal. Right. But you go and say, hey, tell me about this. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, this is this. And you're like, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They may not even realize how much they know. Yep. So that's something you can do. Yeah. And that's a way to love somebody else as you love yourself. That's mm-hmm. a way to live out the great commandment. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're honestly speaking value into them because you care yeah. about what they think yeah. and about what they feel. It's true. So it's definitely worthwhile. This one, this question is a little more lighthearted, but I just got to know. What is a Christmas movie that you think is overrated? We talked about favorites for musicians, but what, yeah. what, what is a Christmas movie that you think is overrated? Like, man, people just love this one, but I don't get it. Wow. I, you may have to go first on this one. I'm having a hard time pulling one up. Um, this one, for me, is not a specific movie. Mm-hmm. It's more of a category. Yeah. For me, the category of holiday movie sequels sometimes people are like man Mm. i love home alone three (laughs) and i'm just i've never watched it and i don't care i'm okay yeah i'm good i'm good with the original home alone i heard two was good i might maybe i'll watch it sometime but usually holiday movie sequels that's really good i'm usually just not that's just not my, my thing yeah yeah it's 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 a toughie. Um, I've stumped you. You have. <laughs> I, I just, I guess to me, uh, and this, of course, this is a sequel that I liked better than the original mm. to go on an anti. Like I like on the Santa Claus movies, I like mm. Santa Claus 2 better than Santa Claus 1. And you know, I would agree with that. I mean, one, one was okay. Two was just to me the best one. Mm. Three, I felt like they were trying too hard. Right. And I've heard some of the people who were in it, they th- they said that too. Mm. They thought three was a little bit of a stretch. But uh, two was my favorite. of the, A lot of people say one is their favorite. And, and one is good. But I don't know. I just kind of I gear toward two better than one. Two is better. So that's, that's all. I, that's really the only one. I'm a huge movie fan. 
um, as far as Christmas movies. So it's hard for me to think of one I don't like. I guess I haven't really. I guess if I didn't like one, I just if it didn't look good to me, I hadn't even watched it. So I, yeah. I can't really say that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, final question, and this is a this is a good one. How do you have good conversations with annoying people? Like one of the best ways to be Jesus to somebody is to yeah. walk into that Christmas party, and there's that one person in the corner, and they are the person that there's they're the the wet blanket. Yeah. And and you're like, all right, Lord, I'm gonna have a conversation with this person. What what are some tools you can walk into that conversation with so that it doesn't fall flat? Um, I think one have a realistic expectation. Mm, true. You know, the person may be annoying because they don't talk. Right. So when you have a conversation with them, understand what that conversation is going to look like. Mm. Don't expect them to go deep or anything like that. Right. You know, just hey. We spent two minutes together. For some people, that's a great conversation for them. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I think, have realistic expectations. And two, don't expect to get anything out of it. Mm. Go with the attitude of what can I give? What yeah. questions can I ask? How can I make them feel comfortable? Kind of sure. like what we talked about last show. To where, yeah, they may be annoying because maybe they're a, a downer. Mm-hmm. Everything they say is a downer. Oh, well, yeah, it's cold tonight, but tomorrow's going to be 85 degrees. Mm-hmm. And it's horrible. Whatever. Um, just understand that and smile. Mm-hmm. It's not not the end of the world. And maybe you could bring some life to them. Yeah. Maybe yeah. find something to compliment um, or something that you like about them. Yeah. And even if they shoot it down to you, they'll remember that you said it. Mm. And they'll be like, you know, I like that person. And they won't know why they like you, but they like you because you liked them. Mm-hmm. You complimented their goofy Christmas sweater or whatever. Um, and that's okay. I mean, don't be fake about it. Find mm-hmm. something you can genuinely compliment. But also just have a realistic expectation, you know. Yeah. And you never know. Again, what we talked about the last show. If you find what they're into, mm-hmm. a lot of times you can get past that annoying kind of that mask that some people wear. Yeah, Yeah, it's an exterior. It is. It's an armor that a lot of people wear. They wear the annoying armor because they don't know how to relate to other people. Yeah. And they're scared. Yeah. No, that's that's actually very good. That makes me think of a story that I think kind of puts legs on it. Uh, When I was in college, I had a friend who I I believe he was special needs Mm -hmm. just from the way he carried himself. Not not so intensely that he couldn't function, yeah. but he was a little on the spectrum. And a lot of people would have classified him as annoying. Yeah. Just because he's very, you know, says what he thinks, very yeah. blunt, you know, and very into things, you know, possibly autistic maybe, or just very lightly. Yeah. Uh, but I got to know him, and I was like, I'm going to be friends with this dude. And I'm so glad I did, because once I started hanging out with him a little bit, I found out he was super into the old... Hercules show, like the like eighties or nineties Hercules show. Really, Mm -hmm. and so we had a tradition for like a whole semester where I'd come over every once in a while and we would watch the next episode of the Hercules show and hang out and talk about it and then go and then come back and we'd watch another episode. And I I'm actually getting chills thinking about it because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's good. And if I had let that exterior make me be like, oh, I'm not going to hang out with them, I would have missed that. Mm. And I'm so glad that I didn't. That's a good that's a good illustration for this. 
And it's true. Like, that's a real story from my yeah. freshman year of college. And I, man, so thankful for that memory. Yeah. And uh, go make memories like that, listeners, because they're worth it. And yeah, sometimes you can push past that exterior and have some amazing memories to follow. But thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. If you got any questions of your own, you can send them to us at the Hey Dad podcast on Instagram, or you can email us at questions at heydad.us. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at heydadpodcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.